following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. Wow, it's another great day in the neighborhood and we are talking about all things related to, ready, elections. Can you believe it? That thing has reared its ugly head again. And I'm going to play something for you in just a minute that is Congresswoman Kat Kamak. And if you're not following her, I recommend you do. She does these live, which can be kind of annoying with the audio, so bear with us. Not our audio, it's hers in the middle of traffic. But I think what she says is so important, and it's relevant to the interview I just did with um, Senator Doug Mastriano, who's running for governor for the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So we're going to have him in just a minute. But they just voted on a bill in the House that literally federalizes the election process and takes the power away from the people and gives it to the politicians. How, how much fun is that? Okay, so take a listen to Kat Kamak. Today, the House of Representatives, just now, I was on there and I was casting a hell no, a hell no ballot, voted to federalize our elections. You're probably wondering, what does that mean? They took two bills, two dangerous bills, H.R. 1, the For the Politicians Act, and H.R. 4, and created a love child. They took an old NASA bill and gutted it and then tucked all of this egregious language into the NASA bill. So it was like NASA Infrastructure Act or something and has nothing to do with NASA. We are not giving voting rights to Martians today. Even though what we voted on was a NASA bill, it was actually a federal takeover of elections. That right there ought to tell you if they cannot even name the bill, they have to gut another bill and then tuck their egregious, horrific language into it. That tells you that they're trying to hide something. Let me tell you what was in this bill. So I'm sorry, I'm sitting out, I'm out here on the sidewalk, so it's a little bit loud, but like I said, I wanted to tell you guys what happened immediately because um, we knew this was coming and we knew that it was going to pass the house. So really, really important that you guys know what's in the bill and then the next step. So within this bill, and there's a ton, but the things that you need to know that are the most egregious are that it is 100% a mechanism to strip states' rights to enforce voter ID laws. So that means you would not be required to show a, a photo ID to register to vote or to actually vote. No more ID. You have to have an ID to get on an airplane. You got to have an ID to drive a car. You have to have an ID to buy alcohol. You got to have an ID to buy cigarettes. But you no longer need a photo ID to vote in an election. Think about that. So that is in this bill, and that is what just passed the House. 
Also in this bill is ballot harvesting. Third party groups that are paid for by political entities and political parties now can collect ballots and then turn them in. Now we all know that ballot harvesting, uh, harvesting is a breeding ground for fraud. And this bill actually makes it so that states cannot ban ballot harvesting. Huge problem. The other thing, it allows non-citizens to vote. This bill allows non-citizens to vote. Think about what's happening. Think about the travesty that is happening at our Southwest border. 1.7 million just last year, and it's getting worse. I talked to Border Patrol agents just yesterday. It is getting worse. Non-citizens under this bill can vote. The other thing that I think is the most egregious the most egregious, and this is why I need you guys to help me spread the word about this. And I'm gonna use AOC as an example. This is public financing of campaigns. And you're probably like, what does that mean, Kat? I don't, I, why is that a problem? Let me tell you why that's a problem. Because the way this bill is written, you now, and you being the taxpayer, me being a taxpayer, we are on the hook for a six to one match, and I'm sorry, there's a fire. Okay, so what she goes on to say is that six to one matches for anybody who de- donates to a candidate under $200 total. Those dollars can be matched. Now, here's why she goes on to say it's relevant is that in the AOC campaign, she raised $21 million. Wait for it. $19 million was from people who gave under 200 bucks. <clears throat> so if you're a candidate running... That should tell you you want to go for people who can give you even the smallest amounts of money because they're giving you their hard-earned cash, right? They really believe in you, so that's a that's a powerful thing. But under $200 now, you and I and people who will never vote, couldn't vote for AOC, and if we could, we wouldn't, will be matching 6 to 1 those dollars. That's outrageous. There's more to that interview. I recommend you find Cat K A T C A M M A C K online. Listen to the video. It's important. Here's the thing that she says. Call your senators. This is now in the Senate. We have to make sure it doesn't happen. You need whoever you're wherever you are. If you're if you're listening from out of state of Maryland, wherever you are, Call your senators and tell them. Now, Maryland may be a lost cause because they're so liberal, these senators here, but still call them. And what she says is make sure you ask for a response, okay? So everybody call your senators, tell them you do not want this NASA bill, this nasty NASA bill, all right? All right, now now I want to set up this next conversation I had with Senator Doug Mastriano, who is a hero, a patriot, Somebody who has a backbone, who stood up to the egregious, outrageous things that happened in the election process in Philadelphia and across Pennsylvania in various jurisdictions where they had issues. And he has been a hero about election integrity. So it was timely that he was my interview this week. So let's take a listen to Doug Mastriano. This is Jen with Success Happens, and I'm thrilled today to be interviewing Senator Doug Mastriano. And he is a patriot, he's a hero, he's a retired colonel from the U.S. Army. He has dedicated his life and his service to our nation. And I have had the privilege, really, of getting to know Doug maybe the last year or so. And I've just been so 
grateful, Doug, for you. And so welcome to Success Happens. It's great to have you back. Thank you for having me back on the show. And a lot's happened since the last time we were together. Yes, it has. And I'm so thrilled. I mean, I couldn't be happier for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to have you as a candidate running for governor. Boy, are they lucky. Thank you. We felt uh, compelled by the people to take this step. And obviously, we're doing it for the people. And there's a lot of folks in the race, you know, and I can't judge people's ambitions or their hearts. But, you know, when the chips were down over the past couple of years and we needed fighters, you know, against the shutdowns, the mandates, losing your jobs, essential, non-essential, voting integrity. So few were willing to stand and take the shots. Now, there's been a price to pay by being one of the few standing out there, but it's my pleasure to defend our republic in this peaceful, constitutional way, and I will continue to do so. You know, Doug, I, I think you're right on about this idea of who was willing to stand up. And I know for myself, I have you know, I'm just an ordinary citizen. And we talk about ordinary people doing extraordinary things, right? We just keep trying to get it right and do what we can. And there's so many people listening right now. And by the way, we reach Adams County and we have people in Pennsylvania listening and Marylanders are thrilled with you. I want you to know I was up in Pennsylvania and I can't remember which town it was. And I was in a parking lot and I started talking about you and they said, oh my God, we love him. <laughs> Pennsylvanians love you, but so do Marylanders. Wow. And, you know, when you look at, you know, I, I got to bring up Governor Ron DeSantis because he's become kind of a a bar. You know, he set a bar about standing up. And you look at people who are standing up for freedom like him. It's worth it. And it takes something for all of us. And it means us supporting you in your quest to bring that from a leadership top-down standpoint. Because if you don't have it, you know, people are really lost right now. You know, on behalf of Maryland, Pennsylvania, and whoever else is listening, thank you for running. And thank you for standing up and doing all the great things you've done. The first question I want to ask you is, why did you run? What compelled you? What was the thought in your head that said, you know, I think I need to do this? So for politics generally or for governor? Governor. All right. So, you know, I'm in the saddle. I'm, I'm taking the shots. I had national media. Uh, the Democrat, uh, one of their national arms, uh, targeted me last year with 21 other le Republican legislators for destruction politically. And, and they admitted their goal was to force, to hit us so hard that, that we'd resign in shame. Apparently, I was their target number one. And uh, they did a poll, the Democrats, in November. And uh, they're very disappointed because not only, not only am I the front runner, but also my negatives are single digit. And they're like, maybe we should adjust our strategy because, you know, it's, it's not 2018 anymore. We saw how they treated President Trump. We, we saw how they demonized and, and everything's woke. And uh, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. And so anyway, so people have been begging my wife and I and pleading, begging, sometimes pleading, asking, requesting, asking us to pray about getting into the governor's race. And I, I guess the epiphany moment, it would be when you're taking a look at the field of people there and, and you hear their speeches, I'm gonna, I will, I will, I promise. And I'm like thinking, what have you done? And so we had, we had to get in because we're going to get, we're going to get somebody that's going to be lackluster and not deliver results. And we'll watch our freedoms never come back to us again. Well, we're definitely teetering on the edge. So January 8th this year, you announced, is that correct? It just, yeah, just this past uh, Saturday, we announced. And 
It was a packed event in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, in the smack dab middle of my district in Adams County. And it was a celebration. And we had uh, General Flynn come out and endorse me. Jenna Ellis, uh, she did an online endorsement. Um, we had the, the who's who of the reopen movement and the freedom movement in Pennsylvania. All these patriots who got tired of, of their elected officials not doing anything and stood up, like Matt Bellis, who formed the reopen movement, 100,000 followers to reopen the state. We had uh, Tabitha Vallo, the free PA movement, also to reopen the state and get our freedoms back and, and take action to put uh, folks like you and me in office. Uh, we had audit the vote ladies there, you know, Tony Shoup and Karen Taylor, and, and they've been you know, leading the charge on the citizen side of trying to get a forensic investigation in Pennsylvania. It was really like the who's who of, of uh, freedom fighters in Pennsylvania. And, of course, we had the great Dan Cox. We love Dan. Imagine. Yeah. Can you imagine that powerhouse, that team, with Dan Cox, governor of Maryland, and Doug Mastriano, governor of Pennsylvania? We will change history in America. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it will be the awesome twosome. The Marvel comics will not be able to hold a candle to you guys. <laughs> You'll be wearing your capes, I'm telling you. I am so thrilled, and I hope that, I really pray that Marylanders and Pennsylvanians alike get that we're all in this together. You know, one thing I've learned this past year is this notion of discernment. I've never really, you know, I, I go by my gut a lot, but when they talk about discernment, it's a very particular thing to be able to discern the truth, to discern someone's authenticity, to discern someone's heart. Kind of like what you were saying when you listened to those other politicians, you said, yeah, I don't know. I'm not feeling it, right? And people want to know that you're all in 100% going to be there. And I think we're done with the marshmallows. We really are. We're done with it. So let me move on for a second. You mentioned the forensic audit. What's the status in Pennsylvania of election integrity? Well, as far as uh, what I was endeavoring to bring to Pennsylvania, an Arizona-style forensic investigation, that's off the table. It's not going to happen, sadly. Uh, we're down to about... Hmm, six or seven months before the ballots will be destroyed. They're, they're only held for 22 months. First of all, can you get a temporary restraining order on them destroying them? That's the first question. And, and see if they can retain them because this is extraordinary times and maybe not destroying them within that standard time is a good one. That's my first question. The second thing is what was it that happened that took the forensic audit off the table? All right. So for the first thing, of course, a lawsuit can be brought forth, and obviously we'll need to demonstrate to our very liberal state Supreme Court, which is a five to seven Democrat, uh, that we have a need or a cause to do that. And we do constitutionally, by the way. That's my view. I hope it's theirs as well. Uh, the second part there, I had pretty much been the, the, the one-man show and pushing forward. I wasn't alone. There's other helping out there. I don't want to misrepresent this. I wasn't only there, but I was leading the charge with a Gettysburg hearing that kind of blew the lid off of the issues that we still don't have resolved in no media. We don't know that they're baseless claims because I reviewed my list from last year, and guess what? No one's disproven what's on my list from my findings last year. But as I was plunging ahead this summer trying to get it, to get it done, uh, the, the Republican president pro tem of the Pennsylvania Senate stopped me dead in my tracks, locked me out of a hearing room so I couldn't hold a vote, called the Republican members, told not to go. It was canceled. It wasn't canceled. Um, stripped me of my committee chair, reassigned my Harrisburg staff, and stopped the whole thing dead in its tracks. 
Uh, ha had we been able to proceed as planned, it would have been done. We would have had three counties uh, analyzed forensically, Arizona style, and we would have had a lot of answers. But sadly, sometimes we're our own worst enemy. Well, and I would say that sometimes people portray themselves to be something they're not. And, you know, we've got some Republicans out there that really aren't. We're going to take a quick break. I have with me today Senator Doug Mastriano, and he is running for governor of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. We're so thrilled to have him here with us today, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and we are having a great conversation with uh, Doug Mastriano. Senator Mastriano is running for governor in the great state of Pennsylvania. Take a listen. So, Doug, when we talk about the election integrity situation across the country, you really have a bird's eye view in a lot of ways. So now let's look at what just happened in Congress this very week. And actually, before I even knew about that, you know, we had booked to have you on, so it couldn't be more timely. Congress just voted to combine, according to Kat Kamek, and I, I, I listened to her, I like her, uh, Congresswoman, they're combining H.R. 1 and H.R. 4 bills under something, or tucked inside, as she put it, what they call the NASA bill. So this is a, a voter rights bill that apparently puts all the power with the Democrats. So there's a call to action right now that we all get on the phones and call our senators because it passed in the House, of course, because we have no power there anymore. And uh, it's now in the Senate, and they are now going to be charged with making a decision on this. First of all, what do you know about this, and what do you think about it? Yeah, this is something the Democrats have been talking about really in earnest about two years, and it's in an endeavor to federalize state elections. So they want the federal government to take over the manner and conduct of state elections, which will open a Pandora's box of whoever is in charge, the Democrats, because when they're in charge, you know, I don't agree with them on hardly anything, but they sure do uh, stand up large and in charge. Unlike us, remember in 2016, we had the House, Senate, and the presidency, and what did Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell do for two years? They squandered it with Donald Trump. So uh, th this will turn over, this will strip away any requirement from anything the, the Democrats like or don't like. So voter ID, states that you have voter ID, it'll be gone. Uh, ex expanded um, no-excuse mail-in voting without any signature requirements or added days for, for mailing without the requirement for a signature or postal mark, uh, that will come in. Uh, drop boxes, uh, ballot harvesting. I mean, it, it'd be very bad for our country. Okay, so as governor, how do you fight that? You're governor, so, let's say you win, you're the governor of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. How do you fight that? Yeah. Well, oh, I'm going to win. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> you have my very, vote. If I could vote for you, I it's, would. <laughs> it's, it's very clear. And... Uh, even uh, one of the journalists in Harrisburg, you know, wrote an ex actually an excellent piece about, you know, my path ahead. And God has blessed us with uh, the support of the people. But so what a governor can do a lot of good. We see the difference. You know it's bad. And, and I know, uh, you know, South Dakota, we could debate, you know, how, how good she is as a Republican governor. But she's better than what we got. You know it's bad when uh, South Dakota start, starting to look like an uh, attractive alternative to Pennsylvania or Maryland. 
Uh, you know, I get it. Florida would look good because of the weather, but you have a fighter down there like Ron DeSantis. So a governor can do a lot of good. A governor could stand in the gap for his people. That is a front line of freedom. Uh, you know, having been a senator through this COVID and, you know, Dan Cox, well, as a delegate, yeah, a lot of times he felt really power, uh, powerless because the governors, you know, Hogan in your case, Wolf in my case, wielded power. Uh, that, that we had never seen before in, in our respective histories, at least not since the colonial times. And so a governor that understands and upholds the Constitution can stop a lot of this from happening. Then there's this thing called states' rights. How does the federalization of these voting processes that they're trying to get through, and oh, by the way, there's something like six to one matching dollars from your tax paying dollars, everyone listening, okay, that they're talking about um, applying to these these elections so that anybody who donates under $200, that's now matched in a campaign. That's shocking. You know, like, no, go get your own money. Don't take my money. I don't even like you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about AOC or some of these people who are never going to be somebody I would support. So, if you look at the state's rights, how does this play out? Because it seems to me they're they're annihilating states' rights. Yeah, so so we have two things. You have state rights, and anything not delineated in the Constitution specifically is, is I won't say delegated, but under the purview of the states, because we are a federal system. We're not a democracy. We're, we're a federal system and a constitutional republic. I, I know everybody has trouble with that. I don't know why. Big difference. Um, okay, so educate people, Doug. What is the difference? Tell us. So you think about the uh, ancient Greek city-states. If anyone, you know, geeks out on history, uh, read Thucydides. It's this, like, 500-page book written during the Peloponnesian Wars and the Greeks and Spartans and others were fighting in, like, this bipolar world back in, in that region. And uh, the, the Greek city-states were democracy where everybody, you know, everybody, uh, there was no representative. Everyone spoke for themselves. And so it was really kind of mob rule, and sometimes things got out of hand. Um, the Romans saw that, and the Romans uh, refined that. They said, we can't have mob rule, because then also the rights of minority, minorities are constantly infringed upon. <clears throat> and they created a constitutional republic, where you have a, uh, well, they, they, they created a republic. Constitution comes later, much later, by the way, <laughs> ancient history. And they, the republic is where you have senators that would represent segments of society. And ours, obviously, is a refined version where it has a bit of the democracy sprinkled in, but it's a republic where, as a senator, I represent a quarter million people in Pennsylvania. Uh, House members, they represent about 60,000 people in Pennsylvania, and they're properly called representatives. And uh, the terms of service, you know, two years for them, you know, four years for me as a state senator, and, and it's similar but a little different to federal level. So <clears throat> you're electing people to speak for you, to represent you. That's why we have a... And then... Uh, underneath the framework of a constitution where, there, where there's laws and structures in place, balance of power, where there's natural, normal tensions between the three uh, branches of government. <clears throat> our founding fathers based our uh, system of government really <clears throat> upon biblical concepts, as well as the Renaissance and, and some writings thereof, but based off of Judeo-Christian ideals. And so, of course, you have the executive branch in the state, which is a governor, legislative, which is the House, the Senate, and judicial, the courts. Uh, we write the laws, the, the courts interpret the laws, or more properly, 
weigh their constitutionality. That would be the proper way they should look at it. And the governor, of course, implements or executes the applications of the laws. So on our side here, we have a we have a bit of a dichotomy now. I mean, there's two things. There's a little bit of tension in the U.S. Constitution. Potentially, the way the Democrats are framing this, this so-called NASA uh, House bill is you have the supremacy clause in the U.S. Uh, Constitution, which says you know any law from the on the U.S. federal side will trump any state law. But those are laws and powers specifically delineated in the Constitution. And then, of course, you have the other part of this, where the state constitution, we retain certain aspects of power not delineated in the constitution. So what's happening here is the Democrats are stepping in and creating a new mandate or stream of power by the federal government to control something historically over 250 years they've never controlled before. It's I don't shocking. see it. It's going to have to be resolved in the Supreme Court. I do believe with the current lay down of the Supreme Court that we would win. So do you think the Senate will pass it? I don't. Apparently, uh, of course, the uh, filibuster is staying in a way. The Democrats want to, you know, completely overhaul the entire thing. It's just, it really drives me a little crazy. When I heard them, you know, preaching about the filibuster in 2017 and 2018, how, it, you know, it's, it's sacrosanct. You can't do that. It's, it's a danger to our democracy. Yeah, Schumer democracy. was all over that. Magically, without an explanation, he's changed his mind because now he's in control. He's, I really seen the, have, he's seen the light. He's seen the light, right? <laughs> I have I have trouble with inconsistencies. You know, if you do change your position, explain why it's different now. It's a Supreme Court decision in the end. It's not going to pass the Senate. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I think you know you do have people like Romney who can't believe I voted for the guy. I was a huge supporter. He, you know, he's not recognizable to who he was yeah. when he ran. For president and so he can't be trusted at all we're going to take a quick break and i i want people to think about what can you do we have we talk about a representative government but we also have to have a government that people participate in and i talked to somebody recently and she said you know what my vote doesn't matter and she was in florida when they had the hanging chads and she said it really didn't count you know and so here we are people are disillusioned they're frustrated, they're hopeless, and I think they feel helpless to make a difference. So we have to get people engaged in a way that has us in charge of things again and have, have it truly be a representative government. We're going to take a quick break. I have with me today Senator Doug Mastriano running for governor of the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. <laughs> And I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek, we're scooping now, Dianovich and Associates, and Flamingo Pool Supply. And we'll be right back. Success Happens is brought to you in part by Flamingo Pool Supply, Industry Lane Frederick, the best for your pool today. The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Free Talk, 930 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens, and this is Jen, and I just want to continue our conversation. The interview I did this week with Senator Doug Mastriano, who is candidate for governor of Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Here you go. I'm here today with Senator Doug Mastriano, candidate for governor for the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And Doug, it's a great honor to be with you, and I thank you for your service, and you're, you're here 
putting your family involved in uh, politics, which is, you know, not for the faint of heart. And so, you know, thank you for doing that. And um, when you look at participating in the process, some people say, oh, I can't do that. I can't get involved. But we need people to be volunteers. And if you are listening and you are passionate about making a difference, there is no greater way right now than to participate as a volunteer on a campaign like Doug's campaign. And I know you're going to have people from Maryland coming up to support you because I'm going to be one of them. <laughs> and, you know, we we knock on doors and we meet great patriots and you talk to them about how great Doug is or how great Dan is or how great your local whoever is that you're supporting. And it's so important, you guys, to get out and help. Doug, can you speak to that in terms of volunteerism in the process? Sure. So the most important thing is, is that you just get out and vote. And I know people are discouraged because uh, a lot of things have not been addressed in most states, Pennsylvania especially, a lot of issues out there. I get it. And uh, people want to throw their hands up and give up and say, oh, my vote doesn't count, so I'm not going to go waste my time. Wow. That's a terrible thing to say. And that's exactly what the other side wants you to do. They want you to give up. They want you to stay home. Uh, how do you know your vote counts? Well, in May of this past year, we had a referendum to strip the governor, Governor Wolf, of his emergency powers. And he worked pretty hard to stop that. He loved his powers where he could keep on extending every 90 days the shutdown of the state. And so anyway, the people got out in numbers, including 30 percent of Philadelphia's population, voted to stop the governor. So uh, we got out and we took our power back. We we're the first state in the nation to do that. So, yes. Isn't that awesome? Congratulations. That's excellent. So I was you, so proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's where people standing up is so important. Um, so tell us about the opportunity. So when's your primary? Uh, May 17th in Pennsylvania. Okay, so everybody plan your life to vote May 17th. Now let's talk about, and they're trying to probably change this, mail-in ballots, you know, um, out of area ballots if somebody's in military or voting in person what what say you about that yeah obviously i prefer voting in person because the way that our election has been undermined by our state supreme court rewriting election law that we have a lot of issues but i still know your vote counts because we took the first two ballot questions last year to remove the governor's powers. The governor, by design, put him in language you didn't know what the heck you were voting on. So we had to do it by word of mouth, and it was rigged against us, and we still pulled it off. So yes, your vote does matter. Okay, what can you do? If you want to help out and, and uh, help me to be your next governor, get, get on my campaign team and volunteer. Go to DougForGov.com, Doug4Gov.com. I love it. And sign up on the volunteer list and tell me you know where you live and what you want to do. And lots of needs, knocking on doors, helping us with the petition drive. In February, there's a petition drive where we have to collect at least 2,000 signatures, uh, at least uh, 100 from 10 different counties to get on the ballot. Our goal is over 10,000 ballots and at least 100 signatures or more from every county. We're going to need help doing that. For what, so issue is, for what issue is that, Doug? So to get on a ballot in Pennsylvania, you have to get a certain amount of signatures. The minimal requirement in Pennsylvania for governor it's 2,000 signatures from citizens of Pennsylvania, and uh, and they have to be from 10 different counties of our 67 counties. So we're going to need we're gonna need probably, I don't know, a couple hundred people out there helping us get signatures. But on election day in, on May 17th, you can be a poll watcher. 
and you get trained and certified to do that. And we need poll watchers from both parties to be in a room for accountability. We need every polling station watched, you know, obviously for, as uh, the Washington Post interestingly says, democracy dies in darkness. We're a republic, but okay, we'll go with it because it has Ds, whatever. Okay, well, my vote, you know, Doug, there's still so many issues. You try to do the all, you know, shed light on us here and you're shut down, you know, by your own party. Well, you know what? Virginia pulled it off. And there was three things they did in Virginia. Virginia, the, the people showed up, the people volunteered at all polling stations, and they had uh, lawyers out there as well ready to go. And so we could do the same next November. And the primary will be okay. To vote in the primary, you have to be a registered Republican if you want to vote for me. Okay, so, boy, there's a whole bunch there. So first of all, I want to speak to the independents listening. Maryland, Pennsylvania, we've got now listeners out in Utah. If you're an independent, think about it. There's nothing more important than the primaries. So you may say, well, I'm going to opt out of the primary. But what you're doing is you're sort of relinquishing that moderate, I'm going to call it reasonable vote in the middle. Now, I'm conservative, but a lot of independents are conservative. It's not about conservative or not conservative as an independent. It's about being unaffiliated because you, you may work for government or you don't want people to know or you just don't want to get in the mucket of it. But the primary is where everything happens to get the right candidate through to the general election. So I encourage people to, if you want to vote for Doug, Become a Republican and vote for Doug if you're in Pennsylvania. Because not voting for Doug doesn't serve the system because you've got a passionate commitment to him being your governor. Then get out there in the primary and make that voice heard. That's I feel really strongly about that. Um, you know, Any thought about that, Doug? No, thank you. If you want yeah. to have a say on who the nominee is going to be from the Republican Party... You got to be a Republican or, you know, or Democrat in, in the other case there. And so it, it's I think it's you have a, a stronger voice in the primary and picking the candidate, especially when there's so many people in the field. Uh, the, the margin of victory is going to be quite small in Pennsylvania. Please join our team. We are a grassroots movement, hands down, unparalleled, probably since the Reagan era in the 80s here. And, but we need as much help and as much as many hands on deck as possible to get across that line. Well, and the one thing I know about you, Doug, and I've had the pleasure of being around you a couple of different times and hearing you speak, and you love this country. You love this country and you love the state of Pennsylvania. See, I always say this, and people have heard me say this for years on this show. Most politicians are looking at their next gig. You got to deal with, are they really committed to the tasks at hand? And uh, we're in a battle right now, and we've got to be willing to fight for our freedoms. And I don't mean physically. I mean stand up and deliver, where we stand up and deliver and stand for something greater than ourselves. And we're not pushed down or pushed around by people who try to bully us, which is what's been going on when you look at these progressive left. And and they're allowed to, I'm going to go off on a tirade for a second, do the BLM thing and they're allowed to burn down buildings and then they turn around. And when we say stand up for your freedom and fight for your freedom, somehow we're insurrectionists. Doug, let's talk about what's going on with immigration. I have friends who go down to the border, Christy Hutcherson, who started Women Fighting for America. I just had her on my show last week with Clay Clark. 
you know, we're seeing the immigration issue and the human trafficking issue and the and the fentanyl issue and the deaths from uh, o- overdosing expanding while they're trying to make us mask and vax. It, and none of it makes any sense. But Pennsylvania, you just had a drop of a bunch of people into your airports. And, you know, what about that, Doug? How does that impact Pennsylvanians? And how does that impact... <laughs> You know, you guys are a part of a greater whole cult called the United States of America. So we're all concerned about what's going on in Pennsylvania. Thanks to Joe Biden's failed policies, every state in America is now a border state. You know, you know, looking at Texas a couple thousand miles away, it's not our problem. Well, Joe Biden's made it our problem here. We've had drops in the Joe Biden's alleged hometown of Scranton and then uh, in Allentown, Lehigh Valley Airport. Now apparently transfers in Philadelphia. Um, we don't know where they're going, if they've been vetted, if they got their vaccines, if they got their booster, if, if they've been health checked, as, as my ancestors were at, you know, at Ellis Island, if, if they might, if they're sick getting off the ship, they're quarantined. Uh, so we're told that if you don't get the jab in the medical field, you lose your job, but we can bring in unvaccinated illegals and drop them to the cities who's paying for them, who's going to help relieve the burden on that economy, who's going to deal with any crime for any unvetted uh, illegals there that, that have a background. Um, you just can't make this stuff up here. And you're right. We have a plague on our streets with fentanyl. I have a thousand veterans living on the streets, mostly in Philadelphia. Let's take care of them first before we import people that aren't even citizens. I got, <clears throat> I have about 14,000 children in the child welfare system. Let's take care of them first and get them good, safe homes before we start overburdening a system that can't even handle our own people. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, but listen, guys, We can care about our fellow man in other countries, but I'm going to say this. Why has it become our burden to bear? What happened to them taking care of their own people properly? We can be compassionate about people. And we, my mother's an immigrant. You come from a family of immigrants. We all do somehow, you know, I'm first generation, so I can have this conversation all day long, but we have to also empower these nations to do the right thing for their own people and stop allowing this infiltration that is putting us in a national security risk. And frankly, these people are not being served either. And it's taking away from our veterans and our our working poor and so forth. We're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens. I have with me today, Senator Mastriano, and he's running for governor in the great state of Pennsylvania. We'll be right back. So, Doug, it's great to have this time with you. Thank you for your service, and thank you for stepping up to run for governor in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I know that people across the country support you. We really do. We all love you. Let's move it forward. You've won governor. You're there. Some of the issues you mentioned before the break about taking care of our veterans, that's something I'm sure you're passionate about given you were um, in the army and and served us, how do we take care of our veterans? How do we make sure that our veterans aren't homeless while the immigrants are being put up at the local hotels and being fed, you know, three square meals a day and and so forth? How do we make sure our veterans aren't treated unequally? We need to make that a priority. Instead of bowing to the whims of Joe Biden and him overtaxing our system that can't even handle our veterans, sadly. We're not taking care of them, so it's not handling them. 
and then bringing in thousands of people from outside the country. That's going to lead to those veterans being forgotten and dying on the streets this cold winter. It's going to result in uh, many of them and, and many beautiful other people here who in desperation got hooked on fentanyl coming across the border here and need help. And because we're busy with outsiders and not getting our house in order first here, we're going to lose some beautiful people to that. <clears throat> Meanwhile, we're going to have young kids you know, age out in the child welfare system because there's no families being looked for or sought after. It's not a priority. Uh, property taxes are going to go up because now you have an influx of one of the planes coming in had 120 packs personnel, 113 were, were unaccompanied minors. Those are going to be dropped off in a school, and now your school property taxes are going to go up astronomically because you're going to have to hire teachers that, that will do English as a second language and plus also expand your teaching generally with, with the increase of 100 or so kids in that one system. And so wherever you look, we got our priorities wrong. We thank our veterans on you know Veterans Day and uh, Memorial Day. Uh, but <clears throat> the rest of the year, we kind of forget them, and uh, we need to get it straight and put them get it to the top of the list. Let's talk about COVID. Tell us about, I know how we're dealing with it or not dealing with it down in, in Maryland, and it's been an atrocity <clears throat> the way the Governor Hogan has dealt with this. I talk to my customers all the time about how they are impacted by jobs coming and going. I just talked to somebody today who doesn't know if his child is going to be back in school on Tuesday. Now, what are they doing to our families and our workers and our businesses and our places of employment that are in total chaos because they have a political agenda and it's disgusting. And and meanwhile, to your point earlier, they're bringing in immigrants that aren't even being properly tested. Meanwhile, the rest of us are being chastised, shamed, and whatever. So what do we do to stop the nonsense of COVID? You put the power back in the hands of the people. What, what happened in COVID two years ago is a demonstration of the dangers of a big, powerful government, and it's intruded in every aspect of our lives. Also get, showed us the results of electing politicians you know, many times we're very disappointed in our Republicans that we elect because they say all the right things. But if, if they don't have a history of fighting, you know, in, in good times, they're not going to fight in bad times. So it's time we look for fighters, people like Ron DeSantis. I do know this. Uh, as a governor of Pennsylvania, I'll make Ron DeSantis look like an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's something to aspire to. It really is because, you know, when, I loved it when he said, you know, I think I'll ship them all back to Delaware. Yes. <laughs> If, if everybody just stood up and go, you know what, you're doing such a bang up job, Biden, we're going to ship them to your house. OK, we're going to ship. And listen, again, I've got no issue with immigrants. I love the rich culture of immigration. I have an issue with breaking the law. I have an issue with taking advantage of people and circumstances. And I have a real issue with putting these kids at risk. Yep. I mean, what they have done to these children is is evil. And I've seen the pictures. And I, uh, you know, this is radio and it's family show, and I don't want to be too graphic. But if you were to see the pictures that I've seen of the murder mayhem and the uh, undergarments in the trees and the way that they glorify their evil and their acts against these children in the human trafficking, you would be horrified. And I've seen it. 
there is no way to restore peace to that situation by shipping them to Pennsylvania or Maryland or wherever. It's time for us to take a stand and say, you know what, you and your nations need to take care of your people properly and stop having them dying to get here and put them at risk. It's 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 really an atrocious situation. So Doug, what else do you want people to know and how can people support you, uh, donate to you at this time? Or, do you have restrictions on donations right now that we you're don't. in? Okay. All you have Let's to do it be Maryland. is a, yeah. American citizen to donate, go to dougforgov.com and you can give online or you can mail a check. Uh, it's pretty easy. There's a three-pronged approach I have in, uh, for Pennsylvania. It's to restore our freedoms, get our freedoms back, rebuild families, and revive the economy. And, and I have various subsectors within those three approaches here to make Pennsylvania uh, a leader in, this, in the nation once again. This is where the light of liberty was lit in 1776. We have to remember that. We are the seed of the nation, as William Penn prophesied in 1682. In 1863, right here in my district, a new birth of freedom. And then, of course, on 9-11-2001, Todd Beamer from Cranberry, New Jersey, an adopted son of Pennsylvania, tried to take that plane back, and he said, let's roll. So Pennsylvania, Maryland, let's roll. So you've been listening to Senator Doug Mastriano, who is running for governor in the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. It is my honor to have had that time with him. Everybody have a fabulous week. Listen, next Saturday morning, right here at 9 a.m. on Success Happens on WFMD. FMD.